guys. <laughs> Hi. It's Logan and Zoe from the Honestly Podcast. It's us. The uh, gals from Honestly. The two gals chatting. Just chatting away. Uh, this is a disclaimer. <laughs> it is. We record disclaimers now. That's a new thing. This is a thing that we're trying out. Um, no, as mentioned in the previous episode, uh, we're getting into our Halloween spooktacular. Spooks. So, some of the content discussed in this episode might be upsetting to some listeners. This is a fair warning. If you don't want to listen to some disturbing, perhaps disturbing content, now's your chance. If you're not a fan Run of- Run screaming towards the hills. If you're not a fan of My Favorite Murder- you might want to check out now. That's all. Enjoy! Honestly. tweeted about 
my experience on dating apps and oh. how it gives me heartburn. Yes. And our faithful listener Iris um <laughs> asked <out> to Iris <laughs> asked that I talk about it. So I decided a few weeks ago that I was gonna rejoin Bumble, which I'd been on before, <laughs> but like I didn't really take it seriously before. But I was like, maybe it's time that my I time has come. maybe I should start taking this seriously because I could die alone. <laughs> I mean <laughs> We all could, but um, that's fine, But too. I mean, follow your heart, choose your destiny. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a chance. Like, I did the whole Tinder thing when I was in university, and it was just, like, a lot of gross guys, and I didn't really like it. It wasn't my vibe. Um, so I've, like, had Bumble for a few weeks, and then, like, this past weekend, I was actually kind of, like, taking it seriously. I was, like, swiping, and, like, on Bumble, you have to, like, the yeah. female has to start the conversation. First of all, that's so panic-inducing. <laughs> it's extremely stressful. The, like, I like that concept just because, I, like, I don't get bombarded with, like, creepy messages yeah. from guys. Um, but it is really stressful to be like, yeah. I have to message this person first. So, I had been doing that, and I had started a few conversations, and it was just incredibly... <laughs> incredibly stressful and I had one conversation that I started with a guy because in his bio he talked about how he liked horror movies and I was like perfect in there so I like go. messaged him I was like what's your favorite horror movie he replied he's like do you like horror movies and I was like I do and then like I don't know why it couldn't have just progressed from there in a normal, a normal fashion yeah. but then it just like it got like weird really quickly <laughs> and he just was talking too much about grabbing my boobs and I was yeah. like why are we doing this why did we take such a sharp right we were into just this territory and now you won't shut up about boobs and I also just feel like this is very typical like male behavior because I was like what's your favorite horror movie yeah. he told me he did not ask me what my favorite <laughs> one was I was not. I was ready to give him answers yeah. I was like ready to have like discourse about horror movies he just wanted to talk about my boobs. Um, so that was just a fun experience that I had. And then I also, as I was swiping through, I came across um, somebody <laughs> who dated a friend of mine. Well, I'm not friends with anymore, but they dated back in high school. And so whenever I see people I know on dating apps, I always get really curious. I'm like, yeah. well, I have to swipe right just, just to see to what see. happens. So I swiped right and we matched. I was like, oh my God, it's hilarious. And I just assumed, like, he didn't remember me. Because it yeah. was, like, literally back when, like, my friend at the time and I were, like, 17 and he's, like, a couple years older. So I'm, like, that's, like, a while ago now. Like, he probably doesn't remember, like, whatever. So I, like, left it for a little while and then I messaged him a little while later. And I was, like, LOL. <laughs> like, you dated my friend in high school. Just throwing that up there in case you didn't know. <laughs> and he was, like, oh, yeah, no, like, I don't remember you. He's, like, yeah, you idiot. <laughs> I, I thought like, that was established. <laughs> Where do we go from here? So we just, like, ended up having, like, a nice conversation yeah. and catching up. No boobs? <laughs> no creepy... Did he ask you what your favorite horror movie He was? didn't, but he asked oh. me what I'd been doing for, like, the last several years there of my go. life. And I was like, wow. A nice conversation. Just ask some questions. Oh. Um, yeah, so I have kind of, like, fallen off the Bumble Wagon because then I was, like, trying to start conversations with people and they just, like, weren't answering. And, and you're I'm, like, cool, confidence building. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. okay, so I'm good enough to match with, but not good enough to talk to. That's I fine. I get it. I get it's it. It's fine. Um, yeah, so haven't really had a ton of luck there, um, but we'll keep you posted. Okay. I'm excited to see where this journey I don't goes. I think it's going to go anywhere. Um, 
Megan. Yes. <laughs> you know her. Um, she always gets the best messages on various dating apps. Yeah. And it's just, I live, I live for them because they're just so bizarre. <laughs> like, I have so many on my phone. Someone told her, um, that she looked like a rare, unbeaten queen. What does that mean? I don't know. Oh. Um, someone also did the typical, like, when you reject them, just kind of, like, explode. Oh, on yeah. You thing, and called her a, to- a poisonous mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> so. Burn. Ooh. I think you're the biggest bug. <laughs> Logan and I were just watching Bar Rescue, which is the greatest show of all time. If you have never watched it, please do so. But this one bar was just infested with cockroaches. And the guy who comes in to, like, fix it was like, there's bugs in your alcohol. (laughs) And the owner was like, there's bugs all across America. (laughs) And and then the guy was just getting so mad at him. And he's like, I think you're the biggest bug. (laughs) Which is quite possibly the greatest thing I've ever heard. Definitely is. You're the biggest bug. That should be your intro line. Oh my god. people on Bumble. Like, I think you're, you're the, the biggest, biggest bug. bug. Wink emoji. <laughs> oh. Yeah, if any of you listening have any tips for um for dating apps, send them my way. Send them in. Like, the biggest tip is just, like, don't use them. <laughs> Delete them. But, I don't know. I just, like, I wanted to expand my horizons because I feel like I'm not really meeting anyone, like, in real life. <laughs> Organically. I, I know, and I hate using that word, but it's just, like... I mean, it's a good time to use it. It's true. Like, I feel like it's very... Maybe it's just me, but I feel like it's very hard to meet people yeah. organically. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll explore the world of dating apps a little further. Maybe, like, actually take them seriously yeah. a little bit. And t- <laughs> a t- little bit. Test the water, see what happens. So far, nothing. Um, so... But I was, like, trying to explain this to somebody because this was, like, a while ago and my friend was, like, oh, like, you need to, like, go on Tinder or something. And I'm just, like, I just feel like I'm better in person. <laughs> like, not even, like, looks-wise. No. Just, like, personality-wise. Yeah. Like, I feel like my personality is not one that, like, comes across well online. And Unless I, you know me already. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get that 100%. I also feel, like... I, this is, like, I'm a, I'm a weird place because I don't like large group settings, Mm -hmm. but, like, being just, like, one-on-one is stressful if you don't know someone, Mm -hmm. but, like, I think prime, like, when you do the best and you're, like, the funniest and everything, like, personally is when I'm with people that I know in, like, a smallish group. Like, I feel, like, killing it (laughs) personality-wise. Like, killing it. This is, this is where I thrive. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know, it just feels, like weird yeah I feel like I definitely I kind of like I get what you're saying like I feel like if I have other people to kind of like play off off of and bounce off of it's good but like if I'm just trying to like type something out to somebody like I just come across as an asshole yeah yeah no I get that I I kind of am (laughs) (laughs) but it's endearing it's funny if you know me in real life um yeah so that's 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 the sitch iris so (laughs) I'll report back if anything, like, continues to happen, but... <laughs> Any more boob comments, we'll let you know. It's just, it's so stressful. Um, like, the idea of, like, starting a conversation with somebody, and then to not have them reciprocate. No, it's... it's that's the part that I don't get. So it's like, 
you swiped right on me, yeah. which means you at least find me like physically <laughs> appealing, appealing in, some, in some sort of way. Why then, if I am messaging you, I'm taking the hard part here. Yeah. Would you not just answer? Just do it. It doesn't have to be a good answer as you've demonstrated. I mean, it usually isn't. Just at least un un unanswer unanswer unanswer. Oh, oh Lord, jeez. Anyway, jeez Louise. This is not the point of this episode. <laughs> it's a point of this episode. So a point, there you go. Not the point. <sighs> Today <laughs> we are doing. My favorite murder inspired episode. My favorite murder. Honestly, podcast. Yes, we're um, just gonna assume the right. Yeah. <laughs> so we made um like a little <laughs> like a graphic for this episode that she'll post on the Instagram probably tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> she sent it to me. I was like, okay, they're gonna sue us. <laughs> they're gonna come for our zero dollars that we're making. <laughs> Oh, that would be so amazing if they did. We'd just be like, oh, we literally have nothing to give you. I'll take it down. <laughs> I'll take it down. I'm so sorry. I just think, like, it would be worth it to just, like, have them mention us. Right? And be like, this, like, random podcast is it's using our likeness. <laughs> I said it was a tribute. I said it was inspired. Uh, uh, yes. Zoe and I listened to the My Favorite Murder podcast with two hilarious women Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. There you go. Um, and so we wanted to do our own version of that. Yeah. So that's what we're doing it's today. It's gonna get dark. Yeah. Zoe. Um, Zoe picked a murder. Horrible. Horrible murder. Murders that are just wow. Yeah, they're not good. No. <laughs> not so, that murders are good, but they're no. just like especially not a good time. I feel like there's you know there's kind of like. A scale yeah. that ranges from like bad to like very bad. It's like surpassed the very bad mark. Yeah, it's like way past there. Oh, so you're gonna go first. Okay, yeah, we're gonna get it out of the way then. Because I picked a slightly, <laughs> um, I don't say lighter murder, <laughs> a light, nice fluffy murder. But I feel like, um, it's less upsetting than what you're doing <laughs> it's <laughs> what you're doing you absolute monster with your entire life um, she's gonna just give us a murder to take the edge off you know <laughs> all right let's get into my notes here i'm so excited let me crinkle the paper into the microphone Ooh. we're now an asmr chair <laughs> channel this is a podcast wait are you telling me before about how your mom thought this whole time we've been making videos (laughs) the entire time my mom thought we were youtube icons and like literally every time i come over to record like i get changed into leggings and like the world's most oversized sweatshirt i put my hair up into like this little like fun bun on the top of my head i'm wearing ripped pants right now like we always look like absolute (laughs) trash and this whole time her mom thought we were making videos to put on the internet why wouldn't you stop us if that's what you thought you're just it's like, yeah, go, child, with the reddest face of all time and holes in her pants. Go on the internet for the world to see. Oh. Thanks, Mom. Okay, so the murder that I am doing is the disappearance of Zachary Ramsey. Da-da-da! Okay, Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Barjona. What a name was born David Paul Brown. I mean, 
Yeah, he changes his name. I didn't include that in all these notes. But he changed his name, like, years into this whole, like, crime spree. Because he said that he wanted to understand what it was like to be discriminated against as a Jewish person. He's not Jewish. He just wanted so, to know what it was like. I mean, you'll never really know. So you know he's sound. Mentally, <laughs> you know? Um, he was born on February 15th, 1957 in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. It's spelled Worcester, and that makes me frustrated. Yep. To Tyra and Philip Brown. Tyra was an easygoing and understanding parent, while Philip was a hardened, detached, stubborn disciplinarian who would beat Bardrona and call him homophobic slurs. Okay. Um, at the end of Tyra's first trimester, a driver slammed into the back end of her car while she was sitting at a red light. She had to be in a neck brace for the last six months of her pregnancy. She didn't know if there was any damage to the fetus. But her doctor assured her everything was okay. Hint. It, it wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> um, I like this line was from one of the like books that I grabbed stuff from, but he developed normally for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> for the most for part. For the most part. Just a couple weird things. Just like, but... don't worry about it. <laughs> but always seemed to be crying and inconsolable. Same. Honestly. <laughs> Same. Um... Tyra said Philip was bothered. This is the weirdest thing in the world. Tyra said Philip was bothered by the size of Barjona's genitals and took it as a personal affront to him as a man and a father. Um, yeah. So wait, sorry. His father was <laughs> upset at how small his ch- child's, child's genitals gen- yeah. were. Yeah, that's normal. And yeah. he was like, "Well, you're. It's my fault as a father that you're. Yeah, that's how genetics work. Yeah, it is." he could come up with mocking names for them so that's good don't want no short child. dick man you know go look it up it's a real song just play that song <laughs> <laughs> uh, when barjona was six months old he came down with a fever that lasted about four days and was about 106 degrees mm, that's gonna do something um, strange yeah. to your brain in the 50s fevers weren't thought to be that much of a problem mm. but we know now that this is not the case mm, don't we and high fevers are one of the main culprits of early brain damage in infants the longer the fever lasts the greater possibility of permanent injury it was four days and 106 degrees just some food for thought. So, like, they took him to the hospital, and they were like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> you can go home the with 50s. your... They didn't know what they were doing. No, apparently They didn't not. wear seatbelts back then. Oh, just, like, a car accident. The mother was in a car accident. And then a... <laughs> a four-day fever. Four-day fever. Yeah, no, it's chill. That kid, oh, he's gonna he's turn fine. out... He's gonna turn out great. He is so fine. As I flip through my four pages of notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then we get into the crime... <laughs> crimes plural oh, um dear. as early as age seven after receiving a ouija board for his birthday okay maybe don't give this child a ouija Who board gives a seven-year-old a ouija happy board happy birthday contact demons there you go barjona lured a five-year-old girl into his basement and tried to strangle her but his mother intervened after hearing the child screaming good why, like, why are you letting your child play a Ouija board and, like, involving a smaller child? It, like, don't do that. Fun fact. That's, don't do it. Wow. Um, in 1970, 13-year-old Barjona sexually assaulted a 6-year-old boy after promising to take him sledding. A few years later, he planned to murder two boys in a cemetery, 
but the boys became suspicious and got away. Was the, Thank God. Did the suspicion start when they were lured to a cemetery? Like, I don't know. Like, that's a normal thing. Hey, guys, want to hang out with me, a stranger, in this cemetery? cemetery? Um, during his senior year of high school, Barjona impersonated a police officer and abducted an eight-year-old boy while he was on his way to school, assaulting him inside his car. A neighbor saw the abduction and assault from a window, did nothing, uh-huh. called the police after. No, it was the 70s. <sighs> Barjona was arrested and sentenced to a few months probation. That seems like enough. The part that I love about that is that you said he was a senior in high school. Yeah. And impersonating a police officer. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying the eight-year-old should have known better because it's a kid, so, like, anyone older than them is going to look like an adult, but I just love the idea of, like, this a high senior in high school being like, I make a convincing cop. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, Nathaniel. you have acne. <laughs> Very severe acne. God. <sighs> um, where is it? Okay. From... <laughs> I'm so sorry. A few months probation. There we go. A few days before his graduation, Barjona drove to Hartford, Connecticut, and impersonated a police officer, again, abducting a nine-year-old girl, assaulting her in his car, and throwing her out of the car afterward when she started to convulse and vomit. Chill. A witness got the license plate of his car, and Barjona was arrested for the new incident. Ready? It's... It, this is the worst. Well, it's not the worst, but it's one of the worst. However, the report on his arrest never got back to his probation officer, oh. and he was released from po- probation. Probation. <laughs> probation in May 1976 with a letter thanking him for his cooperation. Yeah. Oh. You know how you thank someone who's pedophiles. still committing horrible crimes. You know, yeah. like yeah. That's dope. <sighs> dope. <laughs> Homeboy can, like, get not it. get it. Um, another time he saw a seven year old boy sitting inside a car outside a post office. Office? I can't speak. Post offices? Post offices. <laughs> this? Just this. In yeah. Oxford. Massachusetts. <laughs> Did you say Massachusetts? <laughs> I said Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> Anyways, Barjona entered the vehicle and sat on the boy. He was, like, almost 400 pounds, so that's why that's not a good thing. He was a big boy. Not, not to sit on small children. I mean, um, like, I feel like you should never sit on small children, I mean, yeah. but especially if you're, like, 400 pounds. And small children you don't know, just never go anywhere near them. That too. Yeah. Um, but fled after other civilians saw him. Barjona's description was recognized by one of the police officers who had arrested him 15 years prior, and he was arrested again. Barjona claimed that he entered the car to get out of the rain, and that he intended to wait for the driver to return and ask him to take him home. He said that he didn't know the boy was there, so any possible injury was accidental. He later admitted he wanted to kill the boy. So, like, what's your point there, buddy? I just, I like how he's like, I just sat in there to escape the rain. You know how you just accidentally sit on a children? Like, I didn't know he was there. You didn't feel that? <laughs> Anyways. Um, Barjona was given two years probation uh-huh. under the condition that he moved with his mother to Great Falls, Montana, and never returned to Massachusetts. <laughs> what did you think I said? Okay, the first time it sounded like you said Massachusetts, and then it sounded like you said Massachusetts, and I was like, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I don't know. <laughs> Words are 
Worcester. Worcester. <laughs> Ever again. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> In Great Falls, where Arjona started collecting toys and memorabilia and organizing yard sales that drew massive crowds of children. December 1993, he was accused of molestation by an eight-year-old boy who he was babysitting. Barjona defended himself by stating that if he really had done it, he would have killed the boy. The case was dropped. <laughs> After what a convincing his, argument. Right? Of course it wasn't me. He would be dead if it was me. <laughs> the case was dropped after his lawyer claimed his right to a speedy trial had been violated. Ugh. Yeah, that, yep. He deserves a trial, doesn't he? What a great guy. Yeah. Um, a real peach. Then we get to Zachary Ramsey. In 1995, Zachary Ramsey moved to Great Falls with his mother, Rachel Howard, and his two younger siblings after his mother's recent divorce. Zachary Ramsey was described by Whittier Elementary School staff and neighbors as a good kid who was funny, friendly, and always smiling. (sighs) February 6, 1996, 10-year-old Zach Ramsey departed from his apartment to school at about 7.34 a.m., taking his usual route through the alley on 4th Street North. Oh, nothing good happens in alleys. No. A family who lived in an apartment in the alleyway reported seeing Zach that morning and reported seeing an off-white four-door car nearly run him over. Another witness reported seeing Zach standing in the alleyway and that he appeared to be waiting for someone. Another reported seeing Zach distressed with a large adult male following him a few feet behind. Okay. Oh, so many people saw... If you, like, if you see a child in an alleyway looking distressed with a man following him, maybe just, like... Check it out. Intervene. Go outside. Be like, hey, Zach, you okay? You doing all right? Hey, do you know this large 400-pound man that's right, following, following you? you? Yeah. Seems looks like simple enough. He tried. Somewhere between where the alleyway cuts into 6th Street and comes out at 7th, Zach Ramsey disappeared and has never been seen or heard from since. A witness reported seeing Barjona standing beside a dumpster in the alleyway at 7.15 a.m., while taking out the trash. He was wearing a navy blue police-like jacket. Mm-hmm. They also reported seeing Zach Ramsey enter the alleyway later and that Barjona was still outside. Detective... Detective? Detective? <laughs> Suddenly I It's really testing my reading skills this episode. Detective? Massachusetts. Detective? This is going well. (laughs) Falling apart. Anyways, Detective Bill Belushi, who investigated another case involving Barjona, was assigned to investigate Ramsey's disappearance. (laughs) Sorry, your hoodie is just, it's a look. You look like a gnome, and I respect that. Um... Though he was provided with a list of registered sex offenders living in the area by the FBI, Belushi discarded it and centered his suspicion on Barjona, who wasn't registered. Oh, right, because he was never arrested of anything. He was just constantly put in probation. After an unsuccessful police attempt to enter the home shared by Barjona and his mother, Belushi solicited a search warrant of the property, but he was turned down repeatedly, which allowed time for Barjona to move out of his mother's home. Right. So that's good. That's awesome. Police investigations conducted years after Zach Ramsey went missing determined that Barjona 
had access to his mother's off-white four-door 1978 Toyota Corolla the day Zach Ramsey disappeared, and that his mother and brother were out of town for a funeral. It was also determined that Barjona did not work on February 6th of 1996, nor the days immediately preceding. So, he was, he was the guy. (laughs) Just, just saying. On December 13th, 1999, Barjona was seen outside an elementary school for the third time in a few days impersonating a police officer. Despite the doubts of their colleagues, Belushi and the Attorney General charged Barjona with impersonating an officer. A judge approved a search warrant for... Whoa, 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 whoa. Alrighty! <laughs> a judge approved a search warrant for impersonation objects in both Barjona's mother's house and his new address. Police found two coats, one dark blue and another with a toy badge on the pocket, a second toy badge, a stun gun, a baseball cap reading security enforcement. So, nice. You know how police wear hats that say security enforcement? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> During the search, they also found a pulley on the ceiling of Barjona's kitchen, no. two albums with cutouts of children, no. and two documents about bondage and autoerotic asphyxia. No. Two days later, Belushi was granted a second search warrant for any documents and photos. They found several lists of boys' names, later identified as boys from Barjona's youth in Massachusetts, <laughs> including three that he molested. One also had an entry for Zachary Ramsey next to the word died. They also found 3,500 photographs of children, multiple news clippings about Ramsey's disappearance, and undeveloped film containing sexual images of Barjona and three unidentified boys. And then, when you think it can't get worse, it does get a lot worse very quickly. Um, Police discovered a book written in code which was then cracked and revealed to be a cookbook with recipes such as little boy pot pie, french fried kid, and little boy stew. Police found a large stained section of plywood in the garage, which was scrubbed with bleach and struck several times with a meat cleaver as if it had been used as a cutting board. Further inquiries seemed to confirm the officer's fears that Barjona had killed and cooked Ramsey and possibly other children. It was learned that in the days after Ramsey's disappearance, Barjona held cookouts for his neighbors in which he served deer burgers that tasted strange, once saying that he had hunted, killed, butchered, and wrapped the meat personally. However, Barjona did not own a gun or a hunting license, and credit records and receipts suggested that he stopped buying food for a month after Ramsey disappeared. Oh, uh, yeah. no. Yeah. Yep. Super fun stuff. Finally, hair that resembled a human's was found inside Barjona's meat grinder. Oh, And an excavation God. at a former residence uncovered 21 bone fragments belonging no. to a boy between 8 and 13 no, years old. No, no. DNA from the hair and bones belonged to two different African American males, neither of whom were Ramsey. Ramsey's mother later refused to believe that her son was dead or that Barjona was in any way related to the disappearance. A psychic convinced her that Ramsey was living in Italy. First of all, why would he be in Italy? 
and he got there. Don't he was take 10, it, years he's old. 10 years old. Don't take advantage of people going through like terrible things. Oh, Psychic. God. Um, she threatened to defend Barjona if he was brought to trial for her son's murder. Eventually, the charges related to Ramsey's disappearance were dropped, and the police focused on other possible victims. Um, he was charged with sexual assault, aggravated kidnapping, and assault with a deadly weapon. He was convicted and sentenced in 2002 to 130 years in prison without the possibility of parole. On April 13, 2008, Barjona was found dead in his cell from a heart attack. In 2011, Ramsey's father had him declared legally dead over the opposition of his mother, who is still convinced he is alive. Uh, super awful, super terrible. That one is the one that messes me up the most of all the horrible, creepy, terrible, awful stories you hear. It's a bummer. It's so much a bummer. It's just completely awful. And, like, that's now the third time that I've heard yeah. it. Yeah. Because Zoe told me this months and months ago, and then they did an episode of My Favorite Murder where they talk about it, and I'm hearing it now again for the third time, and it just, it doesn't get better. No. It's just- It gets worse somehow. It's just so horrible. It's so bad. And it's just so sad, because, like, they still, they haven't found his body- There's nothing left. There's nothing left, but they don't, like, they can't, there's no way to be, like- Yep. I'm sorry, like, it's the end of this. Yeah, it's, like, uh, so it's so unfortunate, like, (coughs) if there are, um, like, situations where, like, the body is never found, because, like, the family and friends of the victim just never get any closure, and, like, like, his mom in this case is just, like, convinced that he's still alive, because, I mean, like, there's nothing that's definitively said that he's not. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh... And so, like, imagine moving... To, like, Montana as a single mother with, like, your three children and being like, I'm gonna have a better life for them. And then, because the police somewhere else were like, no, let's just send him away. Well, exactly. And this whole thing just ruins your life. I mean, it was, like, pretty much all of this was preventable if the police had just... Like, I'm sorry, but did you not think that it was time to arrest him when he was, like molesting kids constantly where you're not like yeah we should cut this like make sure this stops yeah, put him in jail i mean um to me for i mean like i'm not an enforcer of the law but there are just like certain things that, like probation's not gonna cut it like, yeah and like if someone oh. who is doing all this stuff is on probation just like make sure when he leaves that the stuff he does in other places gets back to you and you don't release him from probation yeah. and give him a letter being like good job buddy you're you did it it's awful and i hate it <sighs> not it's good such a bummer a bummer indeed but it's like one of those ones where i saw it on a documentary and then i was like what like no i'm like ooh. and they showed um like if you google him and see all the stuff they have he would write recipes in jail and he would like draw like it's just so sinister because they're like not recipes for anything like it's not like a cannibal thing that he yeah. like, write, he'll, like write a recipe for like a lasagna and then he'll like draw in the corner like it'll be like a character from like Looney Tunes and it's just like just not like it's so creepy it's mm. no do not care for it do not it's not a vibe no not what you would hope for no no 
ready for your lighthearted murder. Yeah. So I knew which one Zoe was doing, and I was like, that's a fucking bummer for sure. Um, I mean, like, all murders are bummers, but yeah. like I said, I feel like there's kind of, like, a spectrum. Um, and so I actually, my mom and I watched Forensic Files, and there's a million episodes on Netflix, and we just watched um, an episode, I don't know, we watched an episode on this case, like, a few weeks ago, and I just thought it was so goddamn funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, to me, like, this isn't, like, oh, my favorite murder, or, like, something that I find really interesting. I just find this one so hilarious. Yeah. So I was like, I have to do this for this episode, so it's not, like, a complete bummer. Um, so, we've all heard of the Zodiac Killer. Yes. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about the lesser-known New York Zodiac Killer. Oh! <laughs> Lesser known. <laughs> Not known at all by me. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, okay. So, I'm everything I'm reading is from Murderpedia, by the way. Um, I'm not claiming any of this as my own research. <laughs> so, on June 6, 1990, identical handwritten letters were mailed in New York City to the New York Post and the production office of the CBC... Blah, 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 that's Canadian. The CBS <laughs> News Program 60 Minutes. The letters read the following. This is the Zodiac. The 12... <laughs> I can't. I can't. Okay. This is the Zodiac. The 12 signs will die when the belts in the heaven are seen. The first <laughs> sign is dead on March 8th, 1990 at 1.45 a.m. White man with cane shoot on the back in the street. The second sign is dead on March 29th, 1990, 2.57 a.m., White man with black coat shoot in the side in front of house. <laughs> the third sign is dead on May 31st, 1990, 2.04 a.m. White old man with can shoot in front of house. <laughs> White old man with can. <laughs> Faust, no more games, pigs. All shoot in Brooklyn with a 380 RNL or 9mm. No grooves on bullet. So, there's that. Grammar on point. <laughs> my favorite thing about this is, so, like, my mom and I were watching this episode, and, like, it's horrible. Like, like people yeah. obviously die, like, preface that. Um, but it was just so funny, because my mom and I were killing ourselves laughing, because we're like, he just blatantly ripped off the Zodiac yeah. Killer. But we, like, I thought it would be so funny. I was like, what if he didn't know about the Zodiac <laughs> Killer? Like, what if it was, like, an original concept? What if he thought, he's like, this is brilliant. This is so good. No one has ever thought of this. I'm going to kill people. And it's going to be, like, all related to the Zodiac. I'm going to write these, like, cryptic letters. It's going to be brilliant. And I just, like, I want to be the person that was like, um, honey. Okay. Picture this. San Francisco, 1970s. Um, it's been done. <laughs> Cruz. Okay. So, in addition to the chilling message, each letter was decorated with three pie-shaped wedges, each marked with the astrological signs for Gemini, Taurus, and Scorpio. Interesting. The other was a cross and circle, variously interpreted as an ancient Celtic cross. Celtic? Celtic. Celtic. Celtic? 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 I'm not Irish. Oh, no. Massachusetts. <laughs> The, the Celtics, like the ba the uh, basketball team. Yeah. Celtics, okay. Not, I don't know. Celtic cross, or the crosshairs of a telescope 
gunsight. Telescopic gunsight, sorry. Okay. You know, like when you look through a yeah. gun. Yeah. I know, from all those times I've looked yeah. through guns. So, he's sending them, the, he, like, sends out his little letter with, like, his fun little drawings. Yeah. Again, I mean, this has been done. Like, <laughs> honey. Been there, done that. Like, it's not interesting at this point. Okay. The day he finally realizes it, he's, like, I, looking through and he's like, what? Just, he he um, took my idea I Like, from imagine the that heartbreak. Okay. This whole time. So, police studied the letters for two weeks before going public with the announcement that their correspondent, Zodiac, um, <laughs> was wanted in connection with three unsolved shootings from the dates in question. Okay. So, basically, like, people were actually shot on those dates that the guy wrote about in his or letter. they shoot inside? <laughs> shot in- shoot inside shoot back inside. in front house. Um, <laughs> okay. Very clear. <laughs> I know exactly what he meant. So, there were certain obvious discrepancies, including the fact that one victim had been shot in Queens, and all three were still alive. (laughs) So, not quite as sinister as you were hoping. Um, But the description of the events was otherwise strikingly accurate. So, there were shootings, just none of the people died. Which is chill. It is, that's good. Um, It's a nice breather from the last one. Yeah. And so even the ballistics that, like, he talks about, like, in his letter, like, they're not gonna have grooves on the bullets, like, that was accurate. Like, the bullets that were retrieved from, like, the crime scenes, like, didn't have grooves on them. So, like, fair. He, like, clearly he's on to something. So, a similar note, um, including mention of the Zodiac and Belts of Heaven, had been found beside the third victim with a positive handwriting match, um, that matched back to the original letter. So... They're piecing it all together. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Okay. So, the first person that was shot was 49-year-old Mario Orozoku? Orozco. Orozco? Celtic. <laughs> um, so, he was shot in the back, and he survived. Okay. And so, he was able to tell police that his assailant was wearing a brown ski mask and gloves, and had crossed the street to intercept him, pressed against... Pressed a gun against his back and fired one shot, then stood. Wait, what? (laughs) Confusion. Okay, then he like. So the guy was like on the ground, like after he'd been shot, and then the guy just like stood above him with the gun for a few minutes, or like not like a few seconds, and then just like ran away. Okay, bye! So that's cool. But because he was wearing the ski mask, the uh, victim can't really identify who it was. So, second victim was 33-year-old Jermaine Montenestro. He was coming home late from a party in the Bronx when he was gunned down near a subway station, six blocks away from the scene of the first shooting. Okay. He was shot in the back and seriously wounded, and he never got a good look at his attacker. The third victim was 78-year-old Joseph Prose, and he was standing... Old white man with tan? <laughs> is it him? <laughs> the one and only. He was standing on a block in Queens, when a bearded black man approached him and asked for a dollar. He refused and was moving away when he was shot from behind, which knocked him down. Yeah. Um, so initially, the gunman's pattern seemed to be consistent with close-range attacks on elderly white males. Um, yeah, two of which were walking with cans. With cans. Or canes. <laughs> Old white man with cans. Um, and then the other, the second victim, 33-year-old Jermaine, he had been coming home late from a party and he was, like, staggering because he was drunk. Okay. So they think that the gunman assumed that he was, like, 
physically oh, disabled based was on how he was walking. He was an old white man with can. Okay. Yeah. So they're like, oh, he's like targeting like old men that are like okay. kind of like physically disabled in a way. Which is really nice. Yeah, just like really cool <laughs> and awesome of you. So the big shocker came when a review of background information on the victim showed that each was born within the astrological sign noted by their attacker. So yeah. Gemini, Taurus, and Scorpio. Yeah. When I was watching this episode, I was like, whoa. And I was like, that's pure fucking luck. There's no <laughs> that way. No, that had to be luck. I was like, there is no way in hell that this guy knew. Or he did that thing where, like, you're doing a test and you don't know if it's true or false and you do that weird, like, <laughs> rules. rules. <laughs> like, he did that with the signs and was like, maybe it's Gemini, maybe it's not, and just hoped for the best. <laughs> It was all police interpretation. <laughs> oh my god. So, like I said, none of the um, wounded men were able to, like, recognize their assailant or, like, describe yeah. him in any way. But the gunman obviously knew them well enough to pick his targets by their birth signs. Debatable. <laughs> Again. It's luck. <laughs> it is luck. So, basically, everybody's like, well, these were not random attacks. Like, these were planned in advance. Sure. <laughs> So, um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so, like, the gunman signed his letters with the name, like, Faust, or Faust, F-A-U-S-T, which is a character from German literature, who sold his soul to Satan. Oh, fun! That's fun. Does he wrestle demons and lions (laughs) in his spare time? Uh, So, the Zodiac, the fake Zodiac. Okay. (laughs) Not the real Zodiac, this is the fake Zodiac. You mean the New York Zodiac. The New York Zodiac. He's um, just as real. (laughs) He put a lot of hard work into he, trying to murder people. He did. Um, so, what with him going by the name Zodiac? Some people speculated that perhaps there was a connection between him and, and the, Z- the real Zodiac <laughs> yeah. from California in the 1960s and yeah. 70s. Um, so, they started pouring over, like, all these old leads. Yeah. And they're like, well, surely there's a connection. Like, maybe it's him. Like, he's resurfaced in New York. <laughs> Yep. And now he's unable to kill anyone. That's it. He was killing bunches of people, and now he just can't get a darn old man with a can. Oh, God. And so, like, everybody in the news was, like, really quick to jump on the whole, like, Zodiac bandwagon, and they were, like, noting all the similarities between the New York letters and some of, like, the early um, correspondence from California. Um, (laughs) And, like, aside from the opening line of, this is the Zodiac, um, (laughs) not like (laughs) Reporters noted duplication of the original Zodiac crosshair symbols, similar handwriting patterns, detailed ballistics descriptions, and references to the police as pigs. Okay. So, I mean, to me, again, this just means that the guy knew knew about the original Zodiac and was like, He did his research. Good idea. (laughs) He knew what he was doing. Um, on the downside... The original Zodiac letters have been widely published since 1969. <laughs> On the downside, he killed people and this guy can't. And the California killer was known to be a white man. Barring some unknown personal relationship, New York's case seemed to be the work of a demented copycat. Oh. <laughs> Did it? Uh, okay. So, detectives... This is, this is fun. <laughs> You'll like this. Um... Detectives noted that the gunman's three attacks had taken place at 21 and 63 day intervals, suggesting variations on a compulsive three week cycle. Okay. 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 Um, they so they were like trying to find this guy. So on June 21st, which is the first day of the astrological month for Cancer, holla! 
they were all like ready to try to yeah. find him. They're like, he's gonna be out <laughs> killing someone. We got him, boys. Um, but uh, <laughs> they were outsmarted, and he shifted his target zone miles away to Central Park. Outsmarted by the fake Zodiac. <laughs> what a blow. So this time the victim was a homeless black man sleeping in the park. He would survive his wound. Okay, so he's just, like, really not good at murdering people, which is great for the people he tried to murder, but not great for him, an aspiring murderer. Yeah, so far hasn't really made it there yet. So, um, the man survives his wound, uh, but police are, like, blown away, because it turns out his birth sign is cancer, which is what the murderer (laughs) you just go around parks being like hey what's your sign (laughs) i like your sweater what's your sign i think think he did in the episode of forensic files like one of the detectives that was on the episode was just like you know what's your sign used to be a pickup line but like uh like during this time like while this was going on like anybody like who said that like like everybody thought they were just like such a creep like people like used to be like a pickup line so the guy that was shot was a cancer, which matched the note that the assailant left behind to mark the crime scene. <laughs> Amazing. So on June 22nd, angered by public debate over his link to the original Zodiac killer, <laughs> New York's gunman sent another letter to the Post. <laughs> New York's gunman, oh, demoted mm. from Zodiac killer. He marked it with the satanic number 666. Oh, spooky. He's edgy. Mm. I love too. a bad boy. <laughs> So this is what his letter said. This is the Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go out on a limb here and say it's not. (laughs) I feel like if you had to try that hard to prove that you're the Zodiac. It's the Zodiac, you guys. Stop. It's me. So he says, this is the Zodiac. I have seen the post, and you say the note sent to the post is not similar to any of the San Francisco Zodiac letters. You are wrong. The handwriting looks different. It is one of the same Zodiac. One Zodiac. <laughs> when to become one. I was just listening oh, to that song last night. The sign? Oh my god. What's your From the Zodiac. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So, finally, if you want to say that, on June 24th, um, remember Joseph Prose, who I mentioned earlier, he ended up dying from his gunshot oh, wound. no. He was victim number three. He was the 78-year-old okay. in Queens. Oh. So, unfortunately, oh my god, I lost my spot. Oh, oh no. no. Where are we? Okay, so, yeah. Um, he died from his wound on June 24th, and police continued their alutes. Alutes? <laughs> Continued their alerts at three-week intervals through August, but there was no more shootings, no more notes from the elusive gunman. In mid-July, members of the Zodiac Task Force (laughs) announced that they were correlating passages from the killer's last letter with Aleister Crowley's Book of Law, including a statement that nature's way is to weed out the weak. So they kind of thought that was his vibe, like that's what he was going for. He's like going to take out old people and homeless people. He's trying to help. Yeah. Clearly. Um, so, as it says here, it was a tantalizing lead, but ultimately it proved fruitless, and the task force was disbanded in October 1990. <laughs> Aww. So, they gave it, they gave it their best shot, They're but all. didn't pan out. So, almost four years later, like, all this time goes by, no new shootings. Yeah. Four years later, 
in August 1994, NYPD announced a new investigation of the case in response to a letter the Post received claiming responsibility for five more shootings since the summer of 1992. Four of those attacks were fatal, and the letter once again suggested special knowledge of the shootings by providing details of cases that had not received wide publicity. At the same time, there were obvious discrepancies, including two including a reference to the shooting of one victim who was actually stabbed. <laughs> Which is, that's fun. Oh, we can't keep track. Big difference. You know, the Zodiac Killer is so busy. You know, he doesn't have time to remember how he tried to murder people, you know? Yeah. Um, so that led investigators to question the new writer's link to the previous crime. <laughs> so, after all of this, on June 18th, 1996, the Zodiac Task Force got the break they were looking for. So, after arguing with his sister, Chachi, which Ooh. is a fun name, um, Herberto Seda shot her in the back. Oh, so, you know how you just, like, shoot your sister shoot her, in the back? Shoot her in the back. The girl made it to their neighbor's apartment in time to save her life and called the police. After a day-long shootout, Herberto turned himself in. On his confession to the crime, he drew a cross and three number sevens at the top. <laughs> He's really committed. It's like, uh, no, no, guys, look. Look. <laughs> I got it. So, basically, this, like, Herberto guy shoots his sister in the back. He ends up going to the police station, and they get him to, like, write up his confession yeah. for shooting his sister. So he draws his little things on the paper. And so the detective that was dealing with this was familiar with the Zodiac case. And recognize the drawings <laughs> yeah. as something that the Zodiac Killer may have drawn Been previously. Done, yeah, it seems like a very specific type of drawing. So, after showing the drawing to detectives and getting a unanimous decision, <laughs> um, they realized that this guy was in fact the Zodiac, and he was questioned about the shootings and eventually confessed. He was tried in 1998, and Eddie Seda was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to life in prison. So, yeah, basically, he only ended up killing three people and critically wounded four. Um, But I just, uh, I really, (laughs) really respected that. Oh, his, you know, dedication to his personal art form of trying to be (laughs) the Zodiac Killer. It was really great. Uh, He gave it his all, I would say. And basically, I don't think it says it in here, maybe it does, like I haven't um, read through everything on this page, but basically, like, in the um, Forensic Files episode, like, they basically say that it was a complete coincidence that he knew the Zodiac signs of everybody that he killed, because... (laughs) His first and last victims were both Tauruses. Yeah. It, like, he managed to get, to, like, what did he say? He, like, injured, like, six people or yeah. something like that? One, two, three, got four, five, six, seven. Sorry, sorry. There were, like, eight people that he, like, attempted to kill. Um, and, yeah, oh. two of them ended up having the same sign. But other than that, like, it was just pure coincidence and luck. But that's the New York Zodiac that's Killer. hilarious. Like, rip to people who died. Like, not that's not no, hilarious. The dying bar's not funny. I just. <laughs> the trying very hard to be an already established serial killer. I just love is that. funny. I. That's like someone just be like, suddenly I am like this person. So. And I just. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer now, okay? <laughs> okay? It's me. 
Like, no. It was just, like, that episode was just so hilarious to me, because I'm just like, it's been done. <laughs> Weedy. Sweaty. Sweaty. <laughs> like, maybe, oh, you no. know, try something new, like, work sh- workshop some ideas. Yeah. Just, like, you know, find your own personality. Just, like, learn to thrive and Do grow. Do a SWAT Just, like, I don't know. Become your own person. Mind map it. Mind map it. I love a good mind map. Um, Yeah. So that one was just, it's really funny to me. That's so good. And I and I just, I love the idea, like, this is my own personal theory, but I yeah. just love the idea of him not knowing about I think the original Zodiac. That would be the only way it could be funnier, is that, like, this whole time, he finds out, like, in prison. Like, yeah. He's like, wait, what? And then his whole world, he's like, I just wanted to be known for this, but now I'm the second guy. He's like, I just had a love for astrology. <laughs> just let me out now. My entire bed. <laughs> I see that it has been done. I'll take a step back now. I'm so sorry. I will stop shooting old white man with can. Yeah. And just move about my life. And I just, the part, the other part that I love is just, like, how, like, this guy, like, sitting in jail for the rest of his life. Like, how pissed must he be? Like, people talk about the Zodiac Killer. Like, everybody knows yeah. about the Zodiac Killer. I, the forensic, I had no idea. No, the Forensic Files episode was the first time I had ever heard of this New York Zodiac. How pissed do you think he is oh, he gets it. no recognition and he wasn't successful in his murdering spree not particularly i mean three out of eight it's, isn't not great odds it's not not even 50 it's not 50. even 50 50 so i just i oh. think that's so delightful <laughs> just the idea of this guy uh, just not ever getting credit. No. Like, everyone talks about the Zodiac, and David Fincher made a goddamn movie about him, and I get nothing. <gasps> Logan. Oh my god, you scared me. <laughs> we should make a New York Zodiac movie. <laughs> Let's do it. And make it somehow, like, scarier. Like, make it seem scarier oh my than god. the actual Zodiac. <laughs> be like, and he didn't kill people, even though he, he tried. tried to. Oh my goodness. It's delightful. Uh, I mean, like, oh. lots of people dying. Yeah. That's a bummer, but, um, I th- and also, like, they didn't mention the thing that I read on Murderpedia, but, like, one of the victims got shot in the butt. <laughs> oh. I forgot about that. Which, that's... Shot like, in butt? Like, that's Behind a cherry on top. Like, oh. in the butt. It's right in that butt. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Not not pleasant. Nah, not that not. being shot anywhere would be pleasant, particularly. Yeah, kind of a bummer, but, um, probably. But a kind of a bummer. Bummer. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, New York Zodiac. Oh, that was good. That was great. I would say. I just think it's funny. It was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, why do something mainstream uh... like the regular Zodiac when you can oh. talk about the fake Zodiac? I think that's you know learn from him just if you want to be somebody just be them pretend they don't exist yeah. and like oh i'm them now identity for all it's fun it's a real thing jim it is <laughs> i also just i think it'd be really interesting like if the real zodiac killer was still like alive at the time that all of this was going on because i just like, I like picture <laughs> he's just like sitting back like laughing <laughs> you silly fool <laughs> Are you ready for American Horror Story Corner? Oh crap! I was forgetting about round it now. this episode. Yes. Okay. Of murdering, not being successful. American Horror Ryan Story. Ryan Murphy knows all about that. Let's um, go. So buzzwords mm-hmm. from this 
a week. Uh, mm-hmm. We're stop reporting fake news. Ah, uh, yes. Um, things are about to get serious. I'm not just getting a pink pussy hat and marching with a clever sign. Oh, yeah. That was another one. Um, <laughs> someone, Latin is inherently scary. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, 90s shrinky stretching dashiki shirt. Oh, yes. And RJ are our points from this. RJ. Um, exactly. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. So, how many episodes are we in? Like, five? Four, four, four or five? five? We're around that mark. Um, the last week's episode was the first episode that they just introduced a new character who they just pretended, but like... But they didn't introduce they him! They pretended he was there the whole time. That's the thing. There was no introduction. It was like, he's here now, and he's RJ. Why don't you know that, you idiot? It was just like... He's been here this whole time! It's just like, all of a sudden, like, RJ was there, and, like, he had all this history with, like, other characters. And, and like, it was but like, this was never... Ever yeah, it was screen. never established. And they were just like... RJ was said so many times because it was like, we needed to drill in that his name was RJ. We haven't mentioned uh, it. he was killed in that very same episode. Uh, Yeah. So, um, you know, like, really good TV is when you introduce a character um, just to kill them off in the same episode. RJ. We hardly knew ye. Rip Arge. (laughs) Rip Arge. (laughs) Um, The 90s shrinky stretching dashiki shirt. No, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> say that five times fast. I can't. I can't say it once. <laughs> Not well. So in one uh, of the scenes, Evan Peters comes out, and he is wearing what can only be described as... A 90s shrinky dashiki shirt? I feel like there's another word there in there. There was another word. 90s shrinky stretching Stretchy. dashiki shirt. So remember those shirts that were very popular <laughs> in like the late 90s, early 2000s yeah. even? And they were, like, very small, but they stretched to be very big. Yeah, so, and like, it was, like, a one-size-fits-all so, kind of deal. like, when it wasn't on, it looked like a doll shirt, yeah. but then you could stretch it and, like, a normal human could that wear That was, like, a, a thing in the 90s, And they had, though. like, those weird, like, puckering, like, yeah, texture to them. Yeah, like, little, like, them. square loops. So, Evan Peters comes out in what looks to be one of those shirts. <laughs> Just... And, and it, a hoodie. And it, <laughs> just a hoodie over top of it. But the shirt has, like, a dashiki pattern. Yeah. It like, looked like he had bought a tiny dashiki <laughs> and stretched it over his body. And then was like, yeah, just, like, top that off with a hoodie. Fashion. Look it Fashion. up. It was bad. It was confusing. <laughs> a lot of what Evan Peters does is confusing. confusing and upsetting. I would say. I would also say. Um, we have another episode to watch. We do. So that's fun. Um, the last episode was called Holes. Yes. And there weren't a lot of holes in it. So no. for that I am thankful. Maybe they're talking about like the holes in the plot that Ryan Murphy was. If you know, so, RJ. then yes. Then there was a lot. There were many holes. Arge. Oh. Arge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's American Horror Story. As always, a great show. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love to hate it. Truly phenomenal. Um, anything you want to add about anything? Um, no, I don't think so. No, we're good. We are good. Um, all right. Bye! We didn't promo ourselves. That's right. We did it. Promo it. Promo queen. I was like, let's go. Let's go watch American Horror Story. I know. Okay, before we do, though, you can follow us on Twitter at HonestlyPod. 
You can uh, follow us on Instagram at HonestlyPod. Facebook You can also. like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HonestlyPod. You can email us at TheHonestlyPodcast at gmail.com. Boy, can you? <laughs> you can go to our website, which is uh, something, something, something <laughs> dot Wixsite dot com slash home. TheHonestlyPodcast dot Wixsite dot com slash home. home. The uh, only part of that you didn't get was the name of our <laughs> I just want you to know. But I got the slash home. That's all that matters. Boy, did you? Uh, is there anything else that we have? No. I'll no? just yell bye again. Bye. bye.